you know, we have a lot to cover, so I'm going to jump in. Um, thanks, everyone, for your time. It's one of those strange occasions where uh, everybody was available. Um, yeah, um, first week of lockdown. So I just want to kick off with two quotes that uh, I think are, are relevant and, and quite related in a funny way. So the first one is from Lenin, who said, uh, there are decades where nothing happens, and there are weeks where decades happen. And I think nowhere is that uh, more apt than uh, what's happened in the last few weeks. Um, what we've seen with uh, this um, pandemic is uh, going to change everything in this country and in, I guess, every country around the world. Um, and um, it uh, certainly warrants um, a proper response. Um, I just want to read one other thing um, that a colleague, Patrick Brennan, um, Patrick, I'm sure you're proud to follow Lennon. Uh, Patrick has been working with for us for the last 10 years. He's a PhD candidate in uh, Nelson Mandela Bay. And he's, um, he's working on uh, a project um, in uh, Kwasikele on township transformation. Um, and he wrote this um, the day after the president announced um, the relief package and um, the lockdown, etc. cetera. Uh, Patrick wrote this, he said, the fundamentals have changed and we are now in a deflationary shock. The emergency economic measures announced last night are necessary but insufficient to the task. To avoid a catastrophic spiral, both the government and the private sector will need to provide a massive cash injection to the economy. Think in trillions, not the billions talked about thus far. Apart from direct assistance to households in the form of basic income grant, this money should be used to reboot the economy along more equitable and sustainable lines. We have not been in this position since the 1930s when the Smuts and Herzog administrations created Eskom and Eskor, emblematic of the mineral, industrial, hydrocarbon-based development trajectory of the times and used public works programs and job reservation to solve the poor white problem. History, it seems, is not without a sense of irony. We now have an opportunity to dismantle and repurpose our industrial base, away from hydrocarbons and towards renewable energy, away from unsustainable global supply chains and towards local production using new technologies. Every household should be able to participate in the mass democratic ownership of productive assets, especially but not limited to renewable energy and food production. And I, I think, I, you know, I couldn't put that better. Um, and um, what we have with this crisis is an opportunity to um, re redraft the rules and trying to do that and we're doing it proactively. Um, and to that end, um, Clayton, who's driving... Um, the control desk is going to send you a, a link to um, our website where there's some documents that have been loaded. Um, for us, is uh, putting together a proposal where um, we believe uh, a massive economic intervention is required and, and we have um, what we believe is a workable solution. Um, and all of the documentation is available on the site and I encourage everybody to download and share it. But um, let me 
put the context as follows. Um, what everybody's been talking about with the lockdown is um, that we needed to flatten the curve. And what that was about was encouraging everybody to stay at home now for a, a short period so that we can nip this thing in the bud, minimize its impact, um, and um, bite the bullet, uh, as it were, as opposed to what's happened in America where they ignored it and it's now, you know, things have gotten out of control. Um, and what it did was it required everybody to work together. And boy, South Africans know how to do that. So well done to everybody. Uh, great lockdown. Uh, everybody represented. We had seven days to acclimatize, um, get connected, figure things out, um, you know, adjust to a, a different life for now. But um, just as we, we needed to flatten the curve from the um, virus point of view, we now need to flatten the curve on the other side. So the economic impact of what's happened um, is going to be enormous in so many countries. And what I'm speaking about now, uh, about South Africa specifically, applies um, everywhere um, with, you know, some details that are different. But, you know, um, we, we've been working for the last couple of years in Asia, in uh, other parts of Africa, in the Caribbean, in the U.S. And, um, you know, it's, 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 a, it's an issue everywhere. So what we need to do is we need to intervene economically. Um, because we're going to face a massive liquidity crisis. Um, the consequence of the economy coming to a grinding halt um, is going to be um, really massive, just like the health uh, epidemic um, was exponential. The economic impact is going to be exponential. So, um, and, and the relief efforts that um, um, government is talking about and the various initiatives and the loans that um, the wealthy are putting up um, are addressing absolute essential needs and, and small business, great, you know, the, the more help there is, the better. But in reality, what we need is we need a massive injection of capital into the informal sector and into small business. Um, and we mustn't play. We need to in, uh, inject proper money. That liquidity, that investment that we make now is equivalent to the investment that one makes in flattening the curve. If we allow the economy to collapse and if we don't cushion it with massive liquidity, what's going to happen is that um, the fallout is exponential and it becomes impossible in the end to restart it. And our economy, large portions of it are going to come to a grinding halt. What am I talking about? Well, if you have a look at um, the aviation industry, so that's um, freight companies, airlines, the food guys the duty-free, um, the taxis there, the transport. I mean, it's, it's a whole industry. Um, Timbisa um, uh, lives off that. There's a whole economy that's gone, jobs gone. They were paid this month. They're not going to be paid next month. There are a whole bunch of industries where that's happening. So what we're talking about is massive unemployment. We're talking about the possibility of Edcon not opening its doors. That's 40,000 jobs. 80,000, um, all of those people who employed, the cashiers there, the, the, the staff, all have um, personal loans, unsecured debt. Uh, what's going to happen to that? 
So all of these things have consequences. The taxi drivers, it's all good and well. You know, they're sitting at home. So yes, maybe um, we'll be able to negotiate that they don't have to pay an instalment on the taxi and maybe the insurance and maybe their tracker and all that other nonsense that they get nailed with. So we get a holiday there. But what about a salary? We've now got an entrepreneur that has not earned something for the month. Where's that money? Where's some money for him to buy food? So we actually need... Um, liquidity that um, is meaningful that addresses everybody and um, we have a proposal where um, hopefully government and a private uh, um, business and individuals can work together to create uh, a pool of money um, to get the economy going we're looking to raise 160 billion rand in liquidity through some instruments of raising a few billion rand. Um, and it's a, it's a long story. I'm not going to um, unpack it uh, on this call. It certainly um, needs to be unpacked. And what we will be doing next week is we will be um, unpicking and unpacking each part of it, um, uh, but more about that later. Um, really what I wanted to do today was um, um, just put the, the concept of the bond out there, the documentation out there for um, um, our community to have a look at. Because the proposal is that we're going to pay everybody, every South African, a thousand rand um, a month for four months, uh, which will need 160 billion effectively in liquidity. And what we've done is using the mechanism that we designed originally um, to create liquidity for the Forest platform, um, over the last couple of weeks, we've been working on seeing how that can be utilized as a COVID-19 um, um, focused um, bond issue um, so that we can create an instrument to generate this liquidity. Because at the end of the day, um, banking is banking. It has to be sustainable. So um, the, the big issue, um, as far as we're concerned, is you can give out $160 billion in liquidity um, if you're able to manage it digitally, um, if you're able to uh, ensure that the money is spent on the right things, um, and then what you can do is you can recover that um, capital by charging 3% of turnover. And what effectively you can do is uh, over, a, say, a 10-year period, you can recover the money that you're pumping into the economy. So what we have and why this is, is such an, uh, uh, an, an urgent thing, why this is the right answer for now, uh, and um, why uh, we need to get everybody behind this is because this is a sustainable way to generate liquidity in our economy without creating any inflationary pressures. And I will be unpacking that in the economics lecture on this next week, um, but um, there's a lot of thought uh, that's gone into the design of this. A lot of input has been given by various experts in finance, in, in banking, um, in uh, uh, yeah, a lot of experts um, have opined and um, put this, this thing together. Um, um, but it certainly um, you know, uh, requires um, a bit of time to, to read through it and unpack it. So um, that's really um, the, the, the key here, we need to inject this liquidity into the economy and by giving everybody a universal basic income, um, we don't have to do means testing. Um, it generates uh, ubiquity so that everybody uh, who gets um, 
the, the um, basic income can spend it uh, in the community because everybody has it. So what this does is it um, creates a unique opportunity to get the cash and the money where it's needed. You see, this is the big problem that we're going to face real soon. And certainly, we don't want to be scaremongers. But, you know, we, we're watching what's going on around the world and we're watching trends elsewhere. And it really is important that we have a way to get money to people cash that they can spend. And digital money is definitely the answer for that. Now's the time to issue the digital RAND to utilize this as a way to um, open up the economy. Because um, if we don't do this, the consequence of um, the uh, lockdown and the resulting job losses in the informal sector, in the economy as a whole, um, small businesses, restaurants, um, one thing impacts the other. And the best thing we can do to minimize the impact of that is, is pumping the liquidity. And um, I think you'll see we've done some very clever, um, uh, use some very clever financial instruments, structure the thing in such a way that um, it's all about capturing the cash flow, which allows you to do this financing. Um, and by doing it universally, it takes out the fraud. The, there are just so many complications that are removed. Um, and at the end of the day, um, this money can only be spent on the platform and we're going to incentivize people to spend it on local merchants. So this is a way to you know, um, put money in, uh, into the, the system that people can spend. And it also overcomes uh, the problem where people's bank accounts are going to be a little bit difficult to use when they don't have an income and they have debit orders. So there, there, there are a huge number of advantages. If we also look at it just from a financial perspective and you look at, gee, was 160 billion, you know, Sunny's crazy, you know, you talk about numbers like that. Um, you're talking about 40 billion a month in liquidity um, that um, isn't going to be cashed out, it becomes a means uh, that we can trade with each other and people can buy and sell things and everybody, nobody's going to be faced with a situation that um, they can't buy food. And um, why this is so important is if we don't do it that way, if we don't give people money, we're going to have to give them food because how are they going to eat? They don't have jobs. People who were working in the informal, informal economy, hawkers at taxi ranks, car guards, waiters. I mean, you're talking about, a, you're talking about oh my goodness, how many people now have, the income has dried up, not slowly, overnight. So instead of making plans to get food, because it's expensive, um, the supply chain is difficult. Now you have to organize transport. When we have supply chains and supermarkets and, that are stocked, the answer is give people money. The cost of it is going to be nothing. 160 billion sounds like a lot. Just bear this in mind. Since this started, the rand's gone from what was it, 15, 15 to the dollar, it's now at 18. If we don't inject this money and save the, uh, ourselves from the, the real disaster um, that is going to come if we don't, the rand's going to go to what? The other consequence of this drying up of the economy is that a lot of the pension funds who invested in equity obviously now underwater. And the other massive investment sector is the, those uh, uh, real estate investment trusts. 
So you now have real estate investment trusts that own massive shopping malls that were the darlings of the uh, investment industry a few years back, whose, whose um, customers can't pay rent. So yeah, I can imagine what's going to happen to the price of those um, um, shares. So we've got massive, massive consequences of um, not having liquidity. We need to keep people going. We need to stop it from drying up. We need to make sure that the small business is able to continue. And that's where another very key, important and key component of why this is the right answer for not only this country, but all countries impacted by this virus, is that with our model, the loans don't have to be paid back. It's money that gets injected into the business. The business pays 3% um, of turnover, which essentially goes into the fund to keep this thing going. And um, they, uh, they're not burdened with loan repayments um, and um, um, you know, having to, to pay back the money. Um, plus they get the expertise and the technology that allows them to then take their business digital because they're now on a digital platform. And you know, we have a whole di digital marketplace that um, brings everyone into the, into the digital economy because that's another um, um, consequence of us not doing this. What is going to happen, as you can see already, wealthy people are ordering from Woolworths uh, is delivering and there's uh, this shopping cart and that one. Um, everybody um, can deliver to your door. You've got a, um, a credit card, so it's easy to pay. Um, and people are adjusting to life uh, at home, um, virtual meetings and um, life goes on. What about the people who are not connected, don't have digital money, who are unable to now bank, they have no cash? I mean, this is um, going to be a disaster. So um, an important part of um, this um, COVID-19 bond and this um, instrument that we're proposing is that we'll be rolling out um, millions of cell phones um, to students and uh, small businesses to get them to uh, get them connected. That not only gives them access to capital, but it also gives them access to information, offtakes, markets, uh, and, and, uh, and so on. And again, there's more of that available online and, and on our website and so on. So um, if we don't do this, um, we're gonna leave uh, people behind in the fourth industrial revolution. Not are we, are we, we, we're never gonna catch up. We're going to have a whole generation who are going to get um, left behind. They don't even have a method to pay um, um, online. They're um, stuck in the cash economy. So um, this is absolutely uh, an imperative for the country if we um, want to take advantage of uh, what's on offer in the, in the fourth industrial revolution. And now's the opportunity to do it because you know, I always said, I used to, I used to uh, often in meetings talk about my dream would be that South Africa can do what we did in the elections. One day, it was two days, we voted, we got the job done, 20.5 million eligible people, um, uh, 19.5 million people turn up, do what needs doing, business done. Um, because um, with the payment system, you need a very fast adoption. Well, look, we've proved what can be done. We can all stay at home um, if our lives depend on it. Well, uh, almost our lives depend on getting this platform up and running because um, I think what a lot of people don't realize is there are so many people who are living hand to mouth 
um, who um, are going to be affected um, by this drive of liquidity. Um, don't forget that everybody who's um, lost their job at a, a freight company or a catering company for an airline or the duty-free is supporting five other people. And um, um, the, you know, most of the people in, uh, have debt and, and most of the people, or well, 40% of the people who have debt were already in arrears. So we really have, um, we're sitting here um, with the lockdown. I feel like we, 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 uh, we've had time to figure out where we are. We've got two weeks to get ready for the restart now. Um, one of our, our mavens, um, and I'll talk more about mavens in a sec, but one of our mavens um, is a, a, a biochemist and expert in communicative diseases, um, and is not um, what we've been working on together. Um, she also happens to be an expert in economic development. But way before anybody was talking about um, COVID, she was wearing masks and talking about shutdowns and lockdowns. And I was like, um, this is what the Maven Network is about. We have people who are experts who can see, hey, there's trouble coming. This is what needs to happen. And at the time that she was saying it, it to be honest with you, it sounded a little ludicrous. What, you want to lock down a whole country? That's never going to happen. That's the new normal. And what that did was it gave us a head start. Um, and so we've been working on this for a while. Um, but um, I must thank the whole team. And we've had people from all sorts of disciplines, everybody contributing to help put this plan together, this, this document. Because what we've done is we've hijacked the for us go-to-market strategy where you know, we were in the process of, of finalizing our plans for listing Etc. Um, this uh, pandemic has now, um, you know, um, made the the need for um, a digital uh, payment platform, and uh, um, you know, it's just made it um, you know, absolutely urgent. And um, the liquidity, I believe, um, absolutely critical. If we don't pump this money in, it's going to cost us so much more because the rand's going to collapse, and then our pensions and everything is going to be worth less and less and less. So. What we're going to need to do to pull this off is, and this is where the, the challenge lies, and this is where I'm making a call to people to come and help. Because this has got to work like a lockdown. Everybody has to make this work. Everybody has to help. Because from a technology point of view, the technology exists. I've been working on this for 10 years. We've got companies all over the world, some of the best payment companies, hundreds of people ready to go to run the platform. But what it takes is it takes collaboration, it takes organization. One needs to work at every community and, and make this happen. So we're seeing in places like Sunday's River Valley where you've got to roll it out with merchants. We'll have to do that in every community. We'll need to train people. But that's what it's going to take. Um, but that's what we've got to do because that's how we're going to make our economy inclusive. So this, um, this virus has, has brought uh, everything forward. Um, but this is where we were headed anyway. Um, you know, um, we have to fix the system and, and he has the opportunity to do this. Um, because the other benefit that we get by using blockchain to distribute the cash, we get a lot of data on wh where people are spending their money, where do people need money, where, do, where can we bring local businesses into the supply chain, into the money chain. Uh, we have technology available where we can really optimize that. 
And I think that is maybe the lesson behind this, is that we need to be smart with the resources that we have. We need to optimize what we have. Um, I believe it'll be a mistake to pay grants to people. It's gone. In four months, the money's gone. Let's take that money rather and invest it in a fund. Let's set something up that's sustainable. Let's create um, um, a platform that provides people with what they need, which is, is money and, and access to expertise. So it's a, it's a big undertaking, um, but look at where we are. Um, our backs are against the wall. It's going to take... Uh, um, going to take leadership now so um i think that paints the picture i hope um of of really what we're talking about um uh, the vision behind it um and um we see south africa as being the pilot um and this is something that's going to happen quickly because we just don't have time to waste every day that we waste every day that we waste costs us billions we need to be decisive we need to act fast we need to take advantage of the existing legislation. Um, you know, we're talking to all sorts of people, uh, all the stakeholders, Treasury, the Reserve Bank, you know, they've uh, opened up their communication channels, their email um, uh, open, they're engaging with people about uh, ideas to help. And we need to work together on this. Everybody needs to work together. Um, because um, it's the only way we, this will work. This is one of those amazing things where if we don't all participate, it's not going to work. And what we need desperately is um, we need more people to donate money. And by, by donate, I don't mean um, as in charity, but I mean invest. Invest in this bond. So um, we'll be unpacking that from a corporate investment point of view next week. We'll have a session just on that. But there's an opportunity for, for corporates to invest their money um, narrated bond uh, that's insured um, where they get a, a, a decent return uh, where the money gets invested in um, creating this liquidity in um, um, creating liquidity for our own economy because if we take any loans from IMF or anyone else in dollar-based denomination we, we're just setting ourselves up for more and more um, of the same so what we need to do and this is going to be a, an important part of making this work is um, we need to change the perception that this is government's problem. It is government's problem, but it's bigger than them. This is not something they can fix on their own. South Africa doesn't have the balance sheet as a country to get through this on its own. The corporates have the balance sheets. Um, together with government, we can pull this off. And if we get small business and we get everybody representatively involved, uh, we have the technology where we can deploy um, efficiently, transparently, um, we can really uh, uh, pull off um, something uh, amazing here, but it's going to require collaboration. And who needs to be involved? Well, the answer is everybody, all the stakeholders. Everybody's welcome. Whether you're a commercial bank, whether you're the reserve bank, whether you're a cooperative, whether you're a university, um, taxi industry, um, and these are all people that we're working with. We have a massive ecosystem, a mature ecosystem that. Um, um, will give us the critical mass um, for this to work so that we can prove this concept, that we can roll out cash and liquidity using blockchain and digital technology, and that we can do it cheaply, that we can run uh, the, the platform essentially free to make it free to use, that we have a revenue model that's sustainable, um, that a, um, 
will allow it to run um, sustainably in perpetuity. Um, the other thing that you'll see in the documentation, we talked to the ownership of this. Um, it's very difficult because a lot of people, um, and certainly government and, and, and organizations, are circumspect about you know what's in this for you. Um, you talk about a public utility blockchain that works for everybody, but where do you make money? So all of that is also laid out in the document, and it's actually very simple. Uh, in essence, the um, management, founders, and investors in for us have a carried interest of 20% in the platform with a sunset clause over 10 years where um, we have no interest at all and everything is owned by the community and the foundation that runs it. So having invested 10 years, I feel it's fair that uh, we make a return, but um, this is not something that um, 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 Sorry, I got distracted there for a second. Someone um, on asking questions. I apologize for that. Where was I? Um, ownership. All ah, right. Sorry about that, the ownership. So um, it's important to understand that this is, at the end of the day, a community-owned platform. The, the equity structure, the financing, um, the transfer of ownership, all of this has been designed um, very carefully with a lot of thought in mind with a view that um, um, the, the management and, and the people who designed this platform need to carry it to a certain point where they need to hand over to a larger community, which is um, uh, the Maven network, which is a growing network of people who are helping us manage this, as we then transition it to something that's owned by a foundation with governance in place, that every country has a country license, um, and we, we have a whole uh, uh, process around that, and that's also covered in the documentation. Um, also, we, we've uh, appointed um, uh, GT Associates um, out of Ilovo, Johannesburg, who work in conjunction uh, with uh, BDO, who will be licensing this in countries uh, across the world. And um, uh, Clayton will put out um, uh, uh, email information uh, where you can get hold of them um, if um, you're watching this and you're in a country you're interested in. Um, creating this bond uh, and this platform in your country. Um, we uh, intend to make this available to everybody that needs it uh, and get it to everyone as quickly as possible. Um, and then um, before I uh, open up to questions, because um, I know I've said a lot um, and really, um, you know, I think the kind of audience, you know, the people that we're talking to here, 80% um, are mavens. Um, um, for those of you who are not and who don't know what mavens are, um, really maven is a, a concept we came up with. It's a network uh, of collaborators. Everyone um, has invested a thousand dollars or fifteen thousand rand at the time, um, and um, got some equity tokens. But um, what's more important is these are the the people who have been shaping the platform, defining the rules. Uh, helping us find the right partners, dealing with um, uh, various stakeholders, whether it's government, uh, industry. We have a network of experts in various fields, diverse, you know, from banking to economic development. And what we'll be doing is we'll be creating a maven wall uh, on our website. Um, some people um, have chosen to remain anonymous. Um, some people um, um, would like to... Um, 
you know, be involved um, um, and uh, are, are out there and, and happy to share their their experiences. Other people are just uh, providing expertise and, um, um, you know, for various reasons um, and don't want to, uh, um, yeah, they just want to be able to, to, to give their input and that's also cool. Um, but everybody gets vetted um, and we, we're putting together, you know, the only two and a half thousand Maven spaces and we're, um, we're working on the basis now of nominations from Mavens and, and we're expanding it um, sort of um, slowly like that. We, we really um, are taking care to make sure that we've got the right stewards to manage this because it's such an important global project. Um, and um, I've really found that the investment part of it, everybody has to put some money in. Um, it's a, it's a, um, a great um, sort of test to see who gets the concept that everybody has to bring, everybody. So even, you know, um, in uh, the communities out in the rural areas, people are investing money um, because that's what we need to do. We need to invest in ourselves. We need to pull our resources, uh, um, be smart about how we allocate them. And um, um, so, yeah, um, just um, saw Annie's question where she was saying, just highlight that it's a thousand dollars, sorry, a thousand rand to everybody. Um, and I'll, I'll get to the questions in a sec. But yeah, it's that that is paid to every South African over the age of 16, I think it is. Um, it's 40 million people because that's going to create liquidity. Ah, what am I going to do with the money? Well, I can do lots of things with it. I can um, invest in companies because um, people will be able to accept the payment um, um, for uh, investment. I'll be able to pay people. I can use it to pay car guards. I can use it to swipe at the, at the grocery store. I might want to donate it to somebody. I can choose to do with it what I like. If I'm somebody who needs the money and I'm using it to buy food, great. I'm going to spend it and going to be encouraged to spend it in, um, at local merchants, in the local restaurants. The whole idea is to plow this back into communities and to get it to circulate. So there are going to be specials where we're going to be encouraging people. And um, this is what's going to be used to get the economies uh, going again. So um, it's also going to be a lot of fun. It's a great opportunity to promote local business um, and to support local business um, you know, in, in every community. Um, so yeah, that's um, that's um, really um, you know an exciting, uh, an important component of it. Because at the end of the day, I think that's what the other thing the virus has shown us is it's about local communities, local supply chains. I mean, um, wow, what a reminder about that. Um, so um, it gives us the opportunity to do that. Um, I think the other um, uh, opportunities that this provides is an opportunity to invest in sustainable. Um, uh, eco projects, alternative energy, um, um, sustainable um, businesses of all of all kinds, and you know, uh, for us was developed um, largely with the unemployed in mind. Um, you know, that's when people talk about banking the unbanked. Um, you know, when you have someone who has no income, there's nothing to bank. And if you're not getting a grant of some sort, and if you, you're not a student, um, you don't. You know, qualify for a social grant, um, money is very, very hard to come by. And um, we need to find a way to activate those communities and those economies. 
And uh, for me, this is an opportunity to do this. Um, and we, we have so much experience um, and so many people who've been working in this space, like Patrick um, and, and Prof. Uh, Janet Cherry uh, in, in the Eastern Cape, uh, on the ground, uh, us in the Sundays River Valley. Um, there are so many projects where people are ready to run with things. They just need the, the access to the capital. Um, so this gives us an, a chance to you know, execute on that mission at the same time because now we get everybody onto a digital platform which is really what's required. Um, and then we get access to all of the data and um, we'll be able to manage our ways, our way out of this crisis. And we'll be, be able to make 160 billion go really far. It generates tax revenue. Um, it um, um, you know, keeps the, the whole economy um, circulating. And <clears throat> what it does is because everybody um, who signs up um, gets some Mahalo tokens, which in essence makes them shareholders in the platform. Um, what will happen is this will turn from a, a universal basic income into a sovereign wealth fund dividend. Because at the end of the four-month period, if things are going well, if we have 40 million people signed up, and if we're leading the world with the digital platform that we're rolling out, we'll be able to pay dividends um, to um, people on an ongoing basis. Um, and this can become something that generates money um, for everybody. Um, it's a living manifestation of Ubuntu because the more people who work together on this platform, the more we collaborate digitally, the more we can bring down um, costs, um, the easier it is to distribute money. And then 160 billion uh, in that context um, is nothing. Um, social grants is 150 billion a year. What we're talking about is a whole economy that regenerates and recycles. So <clears throat> I'm not going to get into any more detail. I think um, there are a lot of concepts here. And, um, you know, so um, to summarize, in essence, what we're looking at is paying 40 million South Africans a thousand rand digitally a month for four months. It starts when you sign up and it goes for four months. So we reckon it'll take maybe eight months to roll it out to everybody. Um, you, all you need is an app to sign up and an app to accept payment. And um, um, we have um, significant rollout plans to make it happen. This is also a shout out to um, some of the people who have been considering becoming mavens um, but have been waiting for the right opportunity. Um, we need a help in certain areas um, to bring this thing to fruition. So what we're doing is we're putting together a, a sort of a management committee of mavens, people um, who've agreed to help us get organized um, into committees and into you know, um, groups so that we can identify fields of expertise where you know, help is required. Because there's a lot of work that's involved now in rolling this out and it needs to be rolled out in every community. The whole point about this is no one can be left behind. Um, we've thought this thing through um, in great detail. We have amazing partners. And maybe let me just talk about that for a few minutes because I know some of our partners and prospective partners are watching. Um, some will be watching um, um, offline. Um, this needs an ecosystem to work. This is something where like a, a lockdown, um, we either all work together um, to make this a reality and to re regenerate our economy or it's not going to work. 
Um, so um, we have some amazing partners who um, are um, at various stages of um, due diligence, vetting, contracting, um, who will give us, um, I believe, um, the required critical mass, the capitalization, the customer base, um, the broad buy-in um, that one needs to pull this off. And then what we need to do is we need to organize into um, structures so that we can implement the various aspects of this, be it um, statutory compliance, um, community engagement, um, ongoing support, um, uh, a global rollout, um, foundation, um, oversight. Um, this is a, a community project. Um, it's not um, just Sunny and his team. There's literally hundreds of people all over the world who are involved. And what we need to do now is we need to bring everybody, uh, I was going to say together, but it's almost like we need to shine a light on everything. And there needs to be a platform where um, everybody can start working with everybody else um, now that uh, we're at this uh, point where we're ready to activate. Um, as I said, the technology is in place. We have some amazing technology companies and implementation companies all sitting in starting blocks. Shout out to you guys. You've been patient. Um, but, you know, something like this um, requires um, support from government, um, from the regulators, from corporates, from communities, from um, student groups. It's, um, <clears throat> it, it requires buy-in from everybody. So it's, it's taken some time um, to get everybody corralled, um, to draft the various iterations of agreements and MOUs and um, commercial terms to turn this into something that is actually a workable reality, um, something that we can deliver on um, and um, deliver on the promise of free banking and interest-free lending to um, generate um, sustainable economies. So we're at that point now, and um, I'm going to answer some questions. Um, the, the rest of the Maven team and et cetera, we're going to be organized over the next uh, week. We're going to maximize the two weeks that are left, uh, minimum left in the lockdown to get organized digitally, to get groups going, to get documentation, discussions, et cetera, implementation going. So there'll be more on that next week, but I'm happy to answer questions. Gwen, key thing, what is next? What's needed at community level? Presumably, it'll be addressed. So, uh, um, that's a good question, um, when, and um, I, I thought about that before the call, and, and you know, what are the next steps? What is, is the thing that we need to do? Um, <clears throat> we, we have a number of um, uh, large corporates who are in the process of finalizing um, commercial terms and a process we're going through in terms of how's this regulated, how do we interact with government and so on. So I think that um, the next steps need to be defined by um, the group of mavens as we look at what are all the implications of this because um, it touches so many areas. So how's that for getting out of answering the question? The answer is I don't have the next steps. The next step is to define the next steps and to use the Maven network to do that. So um, maybe that's a, a better answer to the question. Um, we're not ready to engage with the communities and corporates at large 
because we need to have um, our ducks in a row to execute um, um, simultaneous to it. So it's almost like an iterative process. So I think the objective behind this call was to talk to um, our friends, you know, this is uh, people in the community. We need to put the next step together because the next step is there is kind of only one more step and that's we go. We turn the system on, we start uh, generating liquidity, we start um, uh, figuring out how to dish it out, um, uh, monitor, stimulate, et cetera, et cetera. So um, then there is no more like um, interim step. We really, contracts have been drafted. People need to sign on the dotted line. So um, um, I think next week um, we, we, we have multiple parties interested in the various aspects uh, that are needed to make this happen. So um, um, that's why we, we uh, appointed GT. Um, we now need an independent party to negotiate with the various um, telcos, um, uh, hardware manufacturers, um, um, to make sure that um, you know, um, this serves the greater community and all the stakeholders are, are given a chance to participate. So there's a bit of that going on um, in the coming week. So whilst we're finalizing those commercial arrangements, I think um, it'll be opportune to get organized into our working groups, let's call them working groups, um, so that we can um, get everything lined up. Um, <clears throat> I would say that in my experience, the way to handle um, these kind of um, things are, are with uh, short sprints. And I think what we can do um, over the next week is maybe define what it is that we need to achieve, who's going to manage it, and then we'll, we'll get going. So maybe a, a week of planning where we involve uh, the broader community. I think what we have in the documentation that we're now making available is we've got the framework um, that um, can get everybody on the same page, and I think that can serve as our sheet music, um, but it certainly needs to be refined um, for example, traceability, you know, your area of expertise needs to be built into it. So we're going to have an iterative process um, um, now that we, we're ready to operationalize. So um, I'd say that's that's the, the next steps. Claudia wants to ask a question. Claudia, um, you want to ask a question? Go for it. Hey, Sonny, good to see you. Yes, likewise. <laughs> I haven't seen you for a while. <laughs> Lynn is also hiding, yeah, and uh, and Mary. So very nice seeing you. Yes, um, I have a I have a couple of questions actually, and um, I mean I I'm fairly. Uh, so if, as far as I know, it is a, it is necessary. Um, so my legal requirements. That's the that's the main the main part. Are you uh, we need as far as I'm aware, to be registered as a bank or have a license in banking before you can operate something like that. Um, if you, That's the first question. The second question is around government negotiations. Did you already speak to government and, um, and, and who, you, know, who you, you, you think? Because there are national working groups which are quite nicely positioned to fast-track certain issues that's the, the other thing and then there is a very interesting a very very interesting coalition and it's called the people's coalition the people's coalition is a is a is a is a is a network 
um, and we are already busy of, 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 of various people, um, civil society, higher education institutions, um, and, and they are all looking at to, uh, into, and they work a lot with marginalized people like uh, the informal farmers, informal traders, taxi, all the 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 the, the people uh, or the target groups or stakeholders you were just mentioning, yeah. and um, and I think it would be worth um, maybe contacting them and 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 finding uh, and getting their their view. They are very clued up with uh, with how to get into the rural uh, communities and into the informal. Right. Um, settings in in our urban areas, also yeah, semi-urban yes. areas. But for me, the most important thing is, you know, like, I um, what is the legal? Right. So let, let, let let's uh, start with that one. That you're right. It is the most important. So uh, we we have made um, a submission to Treasury um, um, to propose that they bring their plans forward for the issuing of a digital RAND. There's a project that they've been working on for some time, years now, where they're proposing to use blockchain to do interbank settlement, and they've run a successful test. And the next step was to issue a retail electronic legal tender. So instead of having um, a wallet that's M-Pesa and an MTN wallet and a there's one that's issued by the South African Reserve Bank, and they wanted to give it a name. We called it ZRT, tethered to the RAND. So it's like a digital note, a bank note. Instead of paper note, you've got a digital version of that. So we've proposed that um, we introduce this now because it's needed and that we fast track that project. And uh, we, we submit a, prop a proposal to do that. Um, that means you don't need a bank. It means the money is held by the Reserve Bank. And then you don't need a banking license because we don't hold the money. It either sits in the central bank or it sits in the person's wallet. So we can never touch it. We're not a deposit-taking institution. And it solves the whole problem. No oversight required. No banking regulation. We're just a platform that facilitates um, the transport of this digital money. In terms of oversight and balance sheet, um, in our view, it can't be Sonny and his friends who run this important network, this technology. So we've put together a reverse listing onto the Johannesburg Stock Exchange. We've negotiated with uh, broad-based um, uh, black business groupings um, to partner with us to create um, a clearinghouse that deals in digital money. And we would like to offer that service to every country who is going through this COVID problem because they all have the same problem. So, and that is how do, the, the problem with injecting liquidity in the central bank is it helps the banks. It doesn't help the borrowers. It doesn't help the customers. This is a way to inject liquidity into countries where it actually helps the people who need it. So we believe this is something that we need to roll out across the world um, as quickly as possible um, to minimize the impact um, of this, um, this virus. So we've put together uh, a whole corporate strategy structure around 
acquiring companies, reversing it onto the stock exchange um, so that we have something that people can feel confident is insured, well-resourced, um, and um, can provide this service um, uninterrupted um, and securely. Um, so um, that's the proposal that we've made to, to the central bank. Um, if they um, choose to go that route, we're going to go that route. If not, we can go the cooperative banking route. Um, the cooperative banks um, and financial institutions need a platform to do their banking. Um, the one that was developed by Treasury, they've pulled the plug on it. It's no longer on offer. So we're talking to cooperative banks and financial institutions who need a payment platform. We can go that route. It's certainly the legislation's in place. Um, we have spoken to industry players. We'll need to create a stabilization fund and the various other interventions that we would need to make with the industry to get uh, address some of the, the challenges that they face. But that certainly is a route we can go as well. And we may be able to do both. <clears throat> but at the end of the day, the correct solution, the one that is going to yield the best results for the country, is if we work in partnership with the Reserve Bank, um, all the banks, and we do this together. Because just by eliminating cash in the country will, will generate, um, according to a recent report, about 85 billion rand. So um, and there's so many economic benefits to this that it's worthwhile for everybody to get involved and do it. And then, yes, the group that you mentioned, we need to speak to all of the groups because I can tell you I've worked over the last couple of years around the world with groups. There are amazing people doing amazing things. And you know what they all have in common? They're under-resourced. All of them. How much do you need? Ten. Okay, here's five. Go make it happen. Globally. You know? And that's, we, got to, we can't afford that. We cannot afford to do that anymore. It's, um, we, we fail, we set people up for failure. What this is, is a platform that says, we're gonna pull our money, we're gonna pull our expertise. So that you, Claudia, and me, Sunny, can work together on distributing this money. Because another problem that we have, particularly in South Africa, is if we were running this through a government tender system, you would tender and I would tender, and we would be competing with each other, and one of us will get the work. But actually what we need is, the nice thing about this platform is, everybody comes and brings their expertise. That's what the Maven Network is for, because everybody then benefits in um, um, pulling this off. So what we're doing is we're saying, come, all the experts, we've got um, development economists from all over the world, we've got people who have worked in different areas of um, community development, and everybody's bringing their ideas. We're creating a platform where we, we need to collaborate. All the ideas must come, and then we can vote. You know, the, the tools exist where we can deploy capital. You know, in the Eastern Cape, I think the average time to go from a, you know, um, the start of, of a project is getting something funded and going is three and a half years. We'll be dead by then. That's, we, we cannot live in that world anymore. What? 1877. 1877, Iran. We can't, we can't carry on um, the way that we're doing it. Here's an opportunity where we can take our expertise and within a week we must decide, is this thing worth um, spending time on? And within a month we must decide whether it's going to be funded or not. And then we must fund it and properly. And we must be careful about what we choose, but we must also be on the lookout for the gems because there are so many people 
doing such cool things that just need scale. There are so many people that um, um, banks will never fund, but with our model, it's possible. So I'm going on a bit. I hope that answers your question. It's nice to see you. Okay. Kathy Hurley saying, could this replace SASA grants? Um, so what this can do is it can be a platform um, that SASA grant recipients can get paid on. Um, so we can cut the costs of, we don't have to duplicate the infrastructure. But what this will allow is the SASA grant recipients to then spend their grant money at local merchants, because all they will need is a phone. One of the failings of the system, the way it was rolled out in the end, was there was a closed loop payment system where grant recipients could use their grant money free of charge, but the, but the merchant has to have a special terminal. And they never rolled out enough of those because it just wasn't an attractive market. But now with our technology and with the blockchain, a social grant recipient can pay anybody who has a phone. So now they can spend money in their own communities. But more um, exciting for me than that, well, that's exciting enough, but on top of that, what we can do now is we can get a whole bunch of grant recipients together and we can get them into the supply chain and get them um, to make money um, um, outside of the grants. We can bring them into the economy. We can make them economically active. We can do that by giving them connectivity, by um, involving them possibly in a cooperative enterprise, um, uh, an abattoir, a uh, farming project, uh, um, but by getting everybody onto the database and by bringing everybody into the digital space, we can start to get the data on that um, and start to manage efficiencies. Another one that we're rolling out is the student market. Um, you know, that um, there are hundreds of thousands of unemployed graduates. Um, and it's still um, a racial thing. Um, I think it's something like 50%, 56% of, of white graduates um, get employed and it's something like 11 or 9% um, of uh, black graduates. All of this stuff can be fixed by getting people onto a digital platform. We can start um, um, involving students in where they're gonna work before they get to the end of their studies. There's just so many things that this platform is gonna facilitate. <coughs> um, and the thing with social grants is um, it's, it's increasing um, large amount of our budget and um, we're not getting a return on that. It goes straight to Stemos. That's what made um, ShopRite the massive company it is. So most of the money went to them. The spas, um, what we need to do is spend that money in the communities, let it circulate there and we'll get a far better return. You can imagine in a lot of communities that social ground money is the only money that comes into the community. There was a way to harness that, that buying power, that leverage. There's so much that we can do. Um, but um, what's so cool about the universal basic in income grant is it brings everybody into it because that's the other problem with grants and all things. For example, um, something I wasn't aware of until I got involved in the student housing projects um, is that the thing with the freeze must fall campaign is it created what they call the missing middle. That's people who are not poor enough to get NISFAS grants but not wealthy enough to be able to afford to send their kids to university. So there are all these sorts of unintended consequences where we help people, you know, we exclude um, someone else. The nice thing about the, the universal grant is you give it to everybody. 
give it to everybody and everybody then gets to participate, decide how they spend it and we can market it. And um, because we also need to start to get people into um, um, productive lending and into productive enterprises. We have a massive credit crunch coming. I mean, I don't want to be the one who starts um, to, you know, the discussion, but somebody has to. If all of these people are unemployed and they all uh, owe money to the banks, what bank has enough of a um, provision for this kind of bad debt? You know, these are things that, um, are the consequences that are coming down the pike. So we, we need to move fast um, and make sure that we, we get uh, this platform in place uh, because the, the old economy is going to take a bit of a beating. It's going to make 2008 look, uh, you know, I started the thing about um, and the, the maven who's, who warned uh, about um, the virus long, long before. Um, I feel like uh, a bit like some of the things I'm saying is scaring people and I, f I feel like I shouldn't be saying it out loud, but it needs to be said. Um, there's going to be some real consequences here. And it's, these consequences are not just going to affect um, the poor people, the marginalized. Um, this is going to affect everybody because what's going to happen as a consequence of this. Let's say you're a telco and um, um, you've just lost um, a month's revenue. Your turnover, instead of going up the 10% you projected, is going to go down 30%. What are you going to do? Surely you have to lay off staff, otherwise you're going to lose money. So that's going to um, lead to more layoffs. So by um, not injecting liquidity in early, you have all of these consequential failures, and that's why it becomes exponential. That's why we need to pump as much money in as quickly as we can. And the cool thing is that we understand we're selling our future, but we're selling it on a sensible basis. We're saying. 3% of turnover for the next 10 years will pay back what it costs to, to pay, pave over with liquidity. If we don't do it, 160 billion in six months' time is going to look like a bargain. It's going to be like South Africa with our rate and New York. You know, ask New York now if they wouldn't have rather locked down sooner. You know, we, um, this economic thing is serious serious and it's going to have multiple iterations impact and we've got a, a clock a countdown and that is next month end april because there's going to be then massive bouncing of debit orders massive there are a lot of people who are not getting paid there are a lot of businesses that will not reopen um just think about the supply chain in, in a company like edcon and you know the people who make their ads um the people who that print their, their newspapers. What about the newspaper industry? Newspapers aren't going out anymore. I mean, these are all things that um, uh, we've got to minimize um, and create as much liquidity so that we have a bit of time to realign and figure things out. It really is uh, an urgent thing. Next question, Clay. Okay. So if the thousand rand, this is from Annie, goes to everyone, not only SMEs, won't it be possible to recover the, the cost of the 3% because they won't be producing because they don't trade? How does this affect the sustainability? So the thing is that um, the 3% ultimately um, will get, that money will get spent somewhere um, um, at a merchant um, that's being financed and that's where we'll get the money back. In the meantime, it doesn't circulate and that's the whole point is we don't have the money, we don't, it's not tied up in our bank, 
um, the Reserve Bank is there to provide the liquidity. What we do is uh, when people start to purchase and it starts to create value, we start to service the debt and to pay for the money, which pays for the capital that was tied up. So um, because it's circulating inside uh, the economy, that 3% is going to come through a couple of times, which is what's going to start to create um, a, a virtuous circle rather than a vicious cycle. So um, I think that that question is um, actually at the essence of what makes our model um, better than the historical interest model. Um, um, shout out to Ellen Brown and, and her books and, uh, on this and, and uh, the problem that we have with creating money. So I think this warrants uh, a whole discussion on its own. And I think where we have these discussions, um, what we'll do is we'll put panels together um, of experts, maybe some non-experts, so we can have a panel discussion. Then uh, I don't have to go horse and I feel like I'm not lecturing, but we, we'll make it more interactive. And then we can discuss all of these things. And, and we have a, a number of um, 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 experts um, and from all over the world. A shout out to Emo, who I think has got the next question. Emo in Ireland, who is an expert in, uh, in so many things. Um, she's saying that there's much discussion in Ireland on how to distribute money to people um, and that it will not get saved or spent on imported goods. Um, um, how will um, uh, vouchers for local businesses are being discussed? For us, platform would do the same thing, but with added features. Am I right? That's a very good point. So the, the, the nice thing about the, the forest platform is it's local currency. So it's rands. It can only be spent in South Africa. Um, and I think then what we need to do from a local community is um, 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 we, we need to decide, um, they need to decide for themselves how they want to do it. We could incentivize people and say, if you spend it in, in local businesses and we can identify who those businesses are, we'll give you rewards or cash back or, or various incentives. We could also say that it expires after a certain period. If you if you don't spend it, you lose it. Um, I think that's not necessary. You know, we don't need to prescribe that. These are all things that we can do with the technology. But I think we need to decide, and that's something that in our organising we need to define the rules um, of of how we're going to do this. And then we also need to have some sort of mechanism to manage this on an ongoing basis, because I'm sure there'll be unintended consequences, and we may need to. Um, uh, refine some of this stuff. So this is something that I think we're going to need to get people's input in. Um, yeah, so each country does get its own blockchain in its own currency. Um, it doesn't need to list on the stock exchange. The thing that's listing on the stock exchange is the, the business that's going to manage all of the different instances of the blockchains in the various countries to make sure that they're all um, do what they need to and that they talk to each other. So um, it's almost like um, what's listed on the stock exchange is the engine room that'll run it for the various countries, um, but we don't need to have that in, uh, in each country. So we don't need to list it. We do, um, however, need to look at um, if we're raising a bond in each country, we'll be using um, our um, global audit partners, BDO and uh, uh, GT Associates, to figure out what is the right mechanism in the particular country, um, because it really depends on their regulatory environment. Um, are we issuing a bond? Are we issuing cryptocurrency? 
do we need to register as a uh, deposit taking, not a deposit taking institution, a, um, a finance institution? Um, do we partner with the cooperative banks? Um, so I think that we, we need to figure this out and make it as generic um, as possible. Um, I see um, Ted um, from the Caribbean uh, has just um, shouted out. Questions coming up as well. Where was that Ted to the shout out? The next step should be change our approach from a technical angle to a practical aspect to let that be a discussion and leave the uh, technical discussion to the technical experts. Um, Ted, um, wise words, I couldn't agree uh, more. Um, I think that's what we need to do. There's a, we need to get the technical people um, off the field and into the dark rooms to um, finish off the technical side. And we need practical people um, who know how to do this uh, uh, kind of thing and also how, how to manage it. Um, 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 uh, Ted Richardson in, uh, in Curacao is uh, uh, one of the co-founders and has been involved in the project for many, many years, um, driving things in St. Martin and Curacao, um, former Minister of Economic Development and Tourism, understands some of the challenges of, of um, um, government and, and making things happen. Um, and Ted, yes, I think it's time for um, um, you to get more involved now and, and people like you and in the team um, to get practical. So yes, um, Ted will be involved in, in those meetings. Um, um, yeah, so some questions on can we use the WhatsApp strategy and offer it to everybody free? Um, I think effectively that's what we're doing, Ted. Um, that's, uh, um, I think more than that, uh, by paying the grant, we, we're um, giving people money to join the platform. I think that's um, kind of the key to um, what makes this plan work so well, I think. Any other questions that I missed? Yeah, well, we missed that, but that's fine. Okay, um, Kalani asked about the distribution of gadgets. Very, very good point. Um, you cannot have a um, fourth industrial revolution. Uh, you can't um, have this digital revolution without digital. People need to be connected and they need devices. And in South Africa, as in many countries, that's still a barrier. So we are negotiating through um, um, GT with um, some global um, manufacturers, device manufacturers, about a program where we'll be uh, um, people who receive their grant will be able to use some of the grant money to buy devices at um, um, special discounted prices that we're negotiating for a large order. And um, essentially, um, people will be getting free phones. And this is targeted at students and merchants. Um, again, because the benefits of having them on the platform um, are going to be so huge, that, um, the investment makes sense. So um, we'll be having a session just on that, our device strategy. Um, we are in discussions uh, with um, various vendors, and uh, we'll have some announcements on that soon. But yes, very important um, that we have that. And then we'll also be making an announcement in the coming week about a, an exciting um, software product that'll be uh, launching for us, Connect, 
which is going to provide massive discounted um, data access. Um, so some cool stuff happening there. Ted, there was another company. Uh, right, yes, um, the communication facilities in rural areas. Um, we're also working with a satellite provider. So in Sunday's River Valley, for example, we identified 20 locations that would make hotspots work in conjunction with the taxi guys as well. Um, so very much so we need to provide those access points and that needs to be part of the rollout strategy without a doubt. Uh, connectivity and devices. Um, and um, that's you know part of what raising this bond and the proceeds of it is about, is about capitalizing that. And we can't go slowly, slowly, and we can't worry about people with feature phones because we're not just talking about providing phones for banking, but we're talking about education, um, training, markets. Um, it can do a lot of things. Um, and it's one thing that, um, shout out again to, to Patrick and his team, they showed that they, they took basically um, um, unemployed people in Kwazikele um, who had no uh, skills. Some people had never seen a, touched a computer and train them from the ground up and, um, and with the right tools and the, you know anybody can they're so easy to use the mobile everybody got into it and um, we need to we need to provide our communities with the tools um, it has to be part of the strategy and it's not going to happen by itself so we definitely a big part of the investment uh, is in devices but then um, you know there are a lot of benefits to that because then they become terminals for our network um, so we, we you know, optimize the investment. Um, and also it's a way that we can start to address the education problem. That's a consequence of this as well, because people are missing out, obviously, hugely in terms of education. And if we put phones, the right phones, with the right access into, into people's hands, then um, you know, we're well on our way um, to solving problems. So more on that, we'll have a session just on that. Um, uh, Ted's saying our bottleneck seems to be money, whilst the real uh, bottleneck is really the implementation of our solution. Ted, you're 100% correct. Um, um, to roll it out, um, um, yeah, le less about the capital needed and more about the mindset. 100% right. We, we're now in implementation uh, mode. Um, it's about how do we roll it out as quickly as possible. Um, and um, Ted, I don't know if you want to maybe um, say something. I think this is a, yeah, an area where you can add. Uh, let's uh, unmute you and um, Ted. Um. Ted? Yes. Good morning, Sonny. Good morning, everyone. Blessed day to you all in these difficult times. Great to hear your voice, Ted. Right, um, Sonny uh, and everyone, what, what my, my point has been that um, 10 years long, we've done so many great things in getting it done and understanding what's needed in the back office. And also we've been thinking about solution because our drive has always been to contribute to the, um, uh, to the development. And now practically it is with the COVID-19 uh, to um, help save the world um, by giving our contribution. But basically, 
I think human nature is that everyone thinks personal and thinks about think about their own solution. So therefore, talking about how we can do it together and help solve the world as a team becomes um, something very difficult for one to understand and achieve. So maybe we should break it down that everyone understands what they can do and what they should do. And I believe that you said it wisely earlier that um, it's about collaboration, it's about using the platform and, and not competing. And for everyone to understand that this is a tool. Therefore, my example of WhatsApp and other tools such as Zoom, where the solution is offered freely, however, in using it, everyone understands that and, and realize that they need it. And once they've, need, they, they've tried it, they will get hooked because it is um, incredible how smart solutions become a part of our society, a part of our life, without us really understanding or, or understanding the technical part. And because I'm not a technical person, I always and, and use many different, uh, different technical tools, and I only maybe one or a half percent of the capability of, capabilities of all the tools. Um, I'm still in that mode where when my telephone does not work, I don't wonder what the problem is. I'm not looking at, from, at it from a technical uh, aspect, from a financial aspect. I just draw the conclusion it's not working. And uh, so then I turn around and ask someone who might know a bit more than me what might be the problem. And I believe that uh, with for us and the great team, and the collaboration and all the mavens together, we should understand that and just wait and listen and, 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 and analyze what the real problem and where the bottleneck is and actually speak to that in these moments of uh, trials and tribulations. Hundred uh, percent, Ted. I, I concur with what you're saying, and, uh, and we're, we're at that practical implementation point um, now. Uh, the next step is the last step. Um, so um, um, I think we need to organise um, uh, around that. And um, I must say that um, we we have a team of very capable uh, and, and experienced uh, managers, uh, project managers, and, and people who can make this happen. Um, and um, I think that um, we need to get hand over to um, um, people um, who are good at that. And the next meetings and the next calls will be run um, um, by, by people like that. And we, we have a, a whole bunch of them. And yes, it's not about the technology anymore. Um, Ted, you, you're 100% right. The first time somebody who doesn't have money gets it on their phone and can walk into a supermarket and can buy something, um, what else are you going to have to explain to them? Um, you know, it is going to be that obvious. It is that kind of application. So it will sell itself. What we need to do is we need to just plan how to get it out um, um, and get practical. So Ted, thanks for that input and uh, definitely need to involve you in a lot of these discussions. Um, from Emma, um, if you work with the SA Reserve Bank, then surely capital not needed for the emergency cash distribution response. Well, um, the Reserve Bank will provide the float, um, but what we're proposing with our bond is to raise a debt instrument 
that provides the working capital finance to the small businesses. So there is a component of capital that we still need to raise. Um, and so it's, it's not just the float. Um, we um, will also be uh, pitching to government. They have some funds that um, they are looking at setting aside for this kind of stuff. Um, we also will be talking to aid agencies and, and you know, um, and see how much money we can get to aggregate across this. There are uh, organizations who also help spread the risk and who invest in these kind of things. And I think we need to raise some of our own capital. But no, the bank just provides um, the, the float, the reserve bank, and not the, the money that we, we lend out to um, um, the, the, um, the small businesses. But yes, if they provided the entire float, the 160, um, that will reduce the amount of capital that we need significantly. Um, and the details of the, are in the capitalization plan in the, in the link um, um, that Clayton shared. And I think we need to have a session where we unpack this uh, in some more detail. Okay. <clears throat> um, I think we've covered a, an enormous amount I think enough has been said. There's some homework for people to read again. Um, there's some stuff in there that's not relevant to everybody, but um, we felt it was important to have the blueprint that can guide everything. Um, and um, we, Clayton's going to share it again. Um, and then it now needs to be the collaborative. We need to grow our, our Maven network with some more um, of the right people. Um, and then we need to put our practical implementation plans into place for the various countries. We need to streamline the process of onboarding people through um, our relationship with GT um, so that we can vet people and make sure that we do um, our due diligence, that we make sure we partner with the right people in the right countries um, and that uh, we do things by the book and make sure that uh, everything's run with the proper um, the appropriate amount of um, probity, caution, um, responsibility, but also with the haste and the speed that's required um, to address the problem at hand. And um, we're going to constantly be rushing people along to, um, because we, now's the time and we have nothing to lose. The technology exists and uh, the need is there. <coughs> so, um, We'll also share the Maven link for those Mavens who want to invite people. Now's the time. Um, and we'll also be sending out over the weekend some details of the kinds of people that we're looking for, or at least the kinds of expertise that we need, the areas that we feel um, we need to build the team out some more. Um, and then, yes, we look forward to continuing um, the discussion um, and um, taking advantage of this lockdown to get ready to come out of it, um, all guns blazing, to make sure that we flatten the curve on the bottom, that we pump as much money into this, get as many people onto the platform, that we, we have a way to give cash to the people who need it so we don't have to distribute food and get into the logistics and the nightmares um, of, uh, of that kind of scenario. I thank everybody for, for your time. Um, I can't thank everybody um, um, enough. Claudia said, um, 
yeah. Um, yeah, okay, I'm going to be in touch with everybody. There, um, this is a, a thing that's needed um, everywhere. We need to collaborate um, and get the communities working together. The more we work together, the better this works. Um, um, and I think just generally, you know, collaborating. Ted, uh, thank you. Thanks for your words of wisdom. I'm looking forward to getting everybody working on this around the world together and um, um, making it happen. Thank you.